Can you have wisdom without pain? I don't know. No, you can't. They go hand in hand. Yeah. So those people that have survived the most have are the most wise. Yeah. That's why, uh, you know, Odin's missing an eye, right? Yeah. Because he gave it up for wisdom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's... Yeah. And then he wanted more wisdom and then they lashed him to a tree and then yep. tortured him. So, right? So that's that's what wisdom is. What is wisdom? It's it's the other side of pain. Wisdom is the other side of pain. Yeah, that's what you get on the other side. If you pay attention. Let's talk about this. Hello, and welcome to You Are a Storyteller. In this episode, Brian and Jesse go deeper on Brian's experience trying to break into the comic and film industries, touching on perseverance, disappointment, diversity, and what it takes to keep going. This program is produced in Seattle by Belief Agency. I think that stories are the crystallization of pain. Oftentimes, the stories are the crystallization of pain. And you crystallize it so you can give it to someone else so they don't have to go through the same pain. Mm -hmm. So the pain isn't wasted. Right. Right. And so um, it's usually really, really, uh, either stories are really good or really bad. Right. But good good things happen or bad like, things like, happen? Like the crystallization usually happens because of something really good. Oh, I have the best story. I have the best weekend. Oh. Or it's... I know what it's like to lose a loved one, mm-hmm. right? There's usually nothing in between of like bagels, huh? I like bagels. <laughs> right. I got a story about how much I like bagels. <laughs> right. Like there, it's, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's something that you don't want to forget. It's something valuable to others. You earned it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you go like, I'm going to turn this pain into a story so that I can give it to someone else. But here's what's interesting about that. Yeah. You might have a story about some really amazing thing that happened to you. Yeah. That story doesn't tend to live on. Yeah. Right. It doesn't yeah. have any survival information. It That's might be right. kind of interesting. Yeah. But nobody tells it and retells it. And That's retells right. And retells it. Yeah. Unless there's some profound lesson connected to it. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, when I couldn't get Invisible Ink published, um, this guy told me a story about, you know, somebody knocking from door to door to door to door to door. Um, I forget what story it's in. I think it's a Dickens thing. Hmm. Where somebody is going from door to door to asking for a place to stay or something. Everybody's saying, no, 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 no. And he's complaining. He's like, I've tried every door, which is sort of what I was doing. And uh, somebody said, well, did you try that one? <laughs> he hadn't tried that one. And that was the one, hmm. right? So that was a good, that was a good outcome, but it's preceded by all these, this horrible stuff. And that was That's the right. outcome of Invisible Ink too. That's what happened. It was, it, I mean, nobody wanted it. Yeah. Nobody wanted that book. But it's amazing because you were talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. Again, this is stories in their natural habitat. You were talking to a friend about something really hard. Yeah. Been knocking on these doors. People don't care. I wrote this book. In fact, people always told me I should write a book. I did it. Yeah. People don't want it. Yeah. And not then, only that, I had all these quotes from all these big names. Oh, people yeah, like Pixar yeah. Pixar and all this. Mm-hmm. And I kept yeah. acquiring all these quotes. Jim Taylor, who co wrote election and I had all these yeah. quotes before I had a publisher. Yeah. And yeah. did you have the Andrew Stanton stuff at the beginning? Uh, I did. Wow. So you had all of that in there and people are still shutting the door. Mm-hmm. Cause now it's funny. Cause I mean, visible link is everywhere. So you, you went door to door. Yeah. And then you were telling a friend, were you telling a friend cause you were thinking about giving up or were you just telling a friend because you were I was just tired? like, I'm done. I can't. Yeah. I was tired. I didn't want to, it was like, I'm done doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, it's cool because the first thing that pops in their mind 
he didn't go like, how can I impart some survival information to Brian? He went, there was a Dickens story and they went straight into it. Yeah. And did you find yourself pulling that? Did that story help? I guess is the question. Well, it made me start thinking about doors I hadn't knocked on necessarily. Hmm. Like, well, they wouldn't want it. You know, I mean, things you discount. Like other publishers or something? Uh, yeah. Or other means of publishing even, hmm. you know? Um, luckily I found a guy, a friend of the friend, uh, was just starting a publishing company. So the first iteration of Invisible Ink was published by this guy who happened to frequent the same coffee shop and, you know, oh, so interesting. He, yeah, but this guy needed books. So it was this interesting thing where I was helping him because he needed books. He was helping me because I needed a publisher. But if it was an established publisher, they didn't want anything to do with me. So you reframed it. Yeah. I just think this is a cool story because of how it ends. I mean, mm -hmm. who are you writing books for now? Oh, for Macmillan? Yeah, but I, that's why it's so awesome. Is it you, you start with this book where more than likely people listening to this probably read Invisible Ink. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a really well-known book, obviously. But it's also funny, too, because now all these other books and things you have coming out with, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't know how you do much better than what you've got going on. Right. But yeah. it, it's cool to know the story behind the writer kind of mm -hmm. deal. And yeah, the fact it took that six you, years to you get like, ref oh, it took six years to get six, published? Six, six years to get that book published. Wow. So you wrote it and you had to sit on it for six years? For six years, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it? So did you think it was just going to collect dust forever? Yeah. Wow. So if it wasn't for that one friend at the coffee shop, we wouldn't have Invisible Ink. Yeah. Yeah. It's for six That's years. That's crazy. Yeah. With all those quotes and everything. There was one publisher, I won't say their name, who kept rejecting it. And I kept sending them. I go, I got a quote from this person. I got a quote from this person. I got a quote from this person. And they were like, no. So. One of the stories I've asked, one of the questions I've asked, I don't think that the question I think I've asked you more than any other question is, how did you keep going? Uh -huh. <laughs> like, I think that there's survival information in that. Like, why did you keep sending those quotes? Well, here's the thing. I had been teaching and the book came out of that like i knew i knew where people were struggling i knew how to answer those questions because i had been teaching for a few years by then so um i knew it had value hmm. i wasn't guessing about its value yeah so um the the publishers were guessing about its value but i wasn't i had essentially market tested it yeah right and not, not only that but people uh like andrew stanton at pixar were reading the manuscript and it was helping them with their work. Right. He read it before it was a published book. Yeah. So I knew I wasn't out of my mind. You knew it was helpful. Yeah. Like you knew you had something. Why do you think they kept rejecting it? Really why? Yeah. Because I'm black. Help me understand <laughs> that. What do you mean by that? I'm saying for the folks at home. Yeah. Right. Like. This episode, by the way, wasn't supposed to be about this at all. And we're just going to go with this because it's, I think it's, it's, you know, how many people are listeners right now that were in that spot where they probably have a draft or they mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So let's just talk about it because right. one of the things we talk a lot about craft, but what's, what's the, what's the craft of not giving up look like? Because how many times have I said, I don't know how many times I said on camera, but I would hear stories like this from you because you're doing always doing crazy stuff now, mm -hmm. but like, and I'd be like, but how did you not give up? Mm -hmm. So, so you said it didn't get published because you're black. Yeah, I think so. Help everyone understand that. Well, I don't understand it. Sure. <laughs> but but um, there, there was a publisher 
All they do is film books. That's all they do. Um, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I wasn't right for whatever reason. And one of the things I said to them, and this has been true. Can I, can I say something real quick? Yeah. For everybody at home, uh, go to all of your writing books and look up what they look like. You might notice some things. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. That's exactly right. Literally, I'm running through them in my head. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. Got yeah. it. Right? Yeah. None of them look like me. And one of the things, the arguments I made was that argument. Hmm. This is before people were talking about representation. That That's we right. talk about it now. And when, I go, when would this have been? Like how long ago? I mean, six years before you got it published. Yeah. So I guess I must have started writing it in, when did I write that book? I think it came out 2005. Wow. So it would have been, you know. 99-ish? Yeah, yeah, in there. So you wrote it 99-ish. Yeah. And you, for six years, you tried to get published. Even the companies that this is all they did said no. Right. They were like, there's too many screenwriting books. And then they'd come out with another one. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what would it be like for you to go, there's too many screenwriting books, and you're sitting and looking at this book, and you have like Andrew stuff at the beginning, you have all these quotes from these amazing people. You're using Stuart, this work literally all over the yeah, world. Stuart Stern, uh, you know, who wrote Rebel yeah. Without a Cause, and every, he wrote the forward for me. Uh, he liked the book a lot. Um, that was yeah. there. Like, yeah. what else do you need? Yeah. Like, at a August, point, August had read it too, August right? August liked the book. August um, was going to write me a quote, and then he got sick and he died, but August... Um, he told me what he wanted to write, but he goes, I'm going to come up with something better. And then he got sick. But um, What was he going to write? He said he was going to say, um, what did he say? He said something like, if you need a map for storytelling, Brian McDonald's book will help you reach your destination or something like that. Dang. Yeah. From one of the greatest playwrights in history. Yeah. And uh, he was, ex- And he was actually using it to write his last play, Radio Golf, as he was dying. He goes, your book is helping me write this play. Um, and you weren't getting it published? No. That's amazing. Yeah. So you would have feedback like that from yeah. someone like, you know, August. Yeah. Or, 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 August, Stewart, <laughs> Andrew Stanton, like and then we're saying, Taylor. And they're saying, uh, sorry, there's too many books on screenwriting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, so one of and the, then another white guy's book would come out yeah. At some point, and you go, okay. Yeah. And, and so, I'm assuming the other white guys' books didn't have Andrew Stanton, one of the greatest playwrights in history. You know, <laughs> all, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. It, you know, because I probably have all those books and mm-hmm. I don't remember those types of things. Yeah. And so when you saw that, how did you not just go, like, okay, this is a game I can't win? The, 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 well, that's the, what the, I did the, do. The jig is up. Like, I'm not, the, the deck is so stacked in one direction, there's no way I can even. Yeah. But I, let me just say this. That yeah. what, what, one of the arguments I used was there's nobody who looks like me yeah. who's doing this. Yeah. And that is going to have value for some people. Hmm. Like you have all these other books, but you don't have a book by somebody who looks like me. There are going to be people who want me to speak at certain places because of who I am. They're going to be – and they just, yeah. they just wrote it off because it wasn't what people were doing then. Wow. Yeah. So when you get those letters or phone calls, what would you do? Like, how would you, um, was it just a tough night? You woke up the next morning, you're like, nope, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I. Wow. Yeah. 
until I wasn't. I mean, when I was talking to that friend, I was, I was, I was like, I was over it. Really? Well, it was six years. Yeah, six. So it. after six years, you just told him, I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, it was. Yeah, I mean, six years <laughs> is a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it was Sisyphean. You know totally. what I mean? Totally. Yeah, you're yeah. like, I could have got my master's degree by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah. And that friend said that. Mm-hmm. Because they knew how good it was. Yeah, he he didn't. I don't know if he knew one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if he knew one way or the other. But you know, I knew how helpful it was to students and how much pros liked it, um, and how certain people, um, I th- would say Charles Johnson, who was on Master yeah, of Craft, yeah, and um, yeah, and August. Those guys. You're talking about people at the top of their game. Yeah. And those two guys are the two black guys. And those are the guys who treated me immediately like a peer. Hmm. Help me understand what, why you said it that way. Because that would, I, hear, I hear a story behind that. Other people went, that's a good book. And they were done. Gotcha. Those guys were like, you're one of us. You're at, at this level. Yeah. That's, yeah. And we're talking about the highest possible level. Like, yeah. You're talking about true craftspeople. Yeah. And I was like, that's an interesting pattern. That's all I'm saying. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So if the person who read it was at the top of their game and they didn't look like me, they were like, this is great. We're peers. And if they did look like me, they went, yeah, it's okay. They, like, they might have liked it. Yeah. But it wasn't like. Now we're the same. Yeah. We got to hang out. We got to. Yeah. You know, there was none of that. There was always distance. Yeah. Even with the best of praise. Yeah. There was always distance. Uh, when I was a kid, they used to call, call it window dressing. So they would hire a woman, they would hire a person of color to make a show of it. Hmm. To say, we're not whatever it is. Yeah. We've got a person, right? Yeah. We called it window dressing. Um, I call it an insurance policy. Oh, yeah. Which is nobody's going to say anything bad about us yeah. because we have a face, yeah. right? Yep. Um, and so that um, that's what I see. So people go, it has changed because they see it. Like when somebody was asking me once because I'd written some comics for Dark Horse, not very many of them. Yeah. For similar reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And and I was talking to a guy at a comic book shop and he was like, how come you haven't written more comic books? And I don't want to get into it because, you, you know, you get a bunch of pushback. And yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't need it, you know, and uh, I'm just, you know, he kept asking and I said, you know what? They don't, they don't let black guys write comics. And he said, uh, he was baffled. And then he went, well, what about Dwayne McDuffie? Now, that's true. Dwayne McDuffie was uh, uh, a black comic book writer. At the time he said that, Dwayne McDuffie had been dead a number of years. Yeah. So, the one person yeah. he could point to yeah. wasn't really getting any more work. Right. Right? Yeah. And he was the one who got the work. Right. When he was, right? Yeah. And I the think one. I, yeah. The and one I think person. I, I may have even mentioned because Dwayne called me one time about something. Dwayne McDuffie called me about something. And I was actually working for Dark Horse at the time doing a couple of books. And uh, he said, what are you doing? And I told him and he said, oh, you're the one. So there's always one. The industry is just that way. Yeah. Are you the one? Are you the, you're the one who's working in comics right now. Yeah. It's not me now. Now it's a couple other, there's like. Did Dwayne follow up anything after that? Like, did he, did he say anything about that? No, it was just the way it was. Um, Dwayne had run Milestone, which is making a comeback. Yeah, I was going to say, because he had, he had been, he's older than you. He would have, yes. right? So, yeah. 
Uh, that's why I was wondering if he like told you a story or anything about it. But. No, he didn't talk about it. It was sort of just understood. Yeah. You know, but one thing he did tell me is that when he was doing Milestone Comics, which was sort of uh, DC published, um, but its own company, uh, minority line of comics that Dwayne McDuffie did with a couple other people, uh, Dennis Cowan and some other people. And, and now it's making a comeback. So he did Static Shock. It's called static. It was static at the time, but then the cartoon became static shock. Yeah. And that's what, so we did that and some other things. And when they uh, stopped publishing those books, um, what he told me, what Dwayne told me is he says, you know, what's interesting about that is that everybody who worked for Milestone who's black is not working. And everybody who worked for Milestone who's white is working. Funny how that works. Yeah. I got to a point where I couldn't mm. go into a comic book shop. Really? Yeah, it was depressing. I go, I could just look. And just for context, a first act of that, like, how much did you love comics? I, I went to comic book, as a teenager, I went every weekend to the comic book shop. Like, every weekend. That was an activity. Go yeah. pick up my comics, read my uh, John Byrne Fantastic Fours, my Frank Miller Daredevils, my Walt Simonson Thors. Like, I was all about it. Yeah. I was all yeah. about it. Yeah. And then uh, started reading the X-Men at that time. Yeah. I was all about it. Loved so you them. loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And you hit a point where you're like, I can't go anymore. I can't go in here. Part of that was not being able to get any work after going to the con. I went to the con in San Diego for, I started in 86 was my first con. Wow. And trying to get, uh, trying to get, well, I didn't start in 86 trying to get work. I started in 87 trying to get work in comics. Because that was my fallback plan if the movie thing didn't work yeah. out. <laughs> and yeah. I knew a little that I know that it's like the most Jim Crow environment. Yeah. You know. That's right. Um, and so. So you pick the two ridiculous. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. every industry probably. like, but, but I'm just saying the doors are shut in both industries. Yeah. I mean, you can look at the stats. It's insane. Yeah. You know, you can look at the graphs and you're like, really? This is not an accident. Right. It can't be an accident. Yeah. Yeah. It was you, built like this. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, it's, and it's consistent. I mean, I, I have friends who wouldn't believe it because it wasn't their world. Yeah. Ah, that's not true. It's like, yeah. well, but when Milestone came along, there was an industry wide rumor that, uh, uh, that they weren't hiring any white people and people were really upset about that. And I was like, why are you upset about that? First yeah. of all, it's not true. Yeah. Second of all, true. you get every other job <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. since comics have started. <laughs> yeah. So, so if, yeah. there, if there was uh -huh. one company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, but pe they, people were pissed off about it. Angry. It's unfair. But when I was saying it was happening to me, it was a, it was a delusion. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're that's missing not happening. Something. It's like, really? Yeah. Look around. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you hit the point where you're like, I, I can't go. I can't go to one of my favorite places in the world. No, they were tainted. I couldn't go because you could pick up any book at random and look and see who wrote it. Yeah. Like, you know, now it's a little bit different. Yeah. There are more companies. There's a little bit more opportunity. Yeah. And now I have graphic novels. And, yeah. But, you know, that took a long time. Yeah. Yeah. 87. I started. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I had a graphic novel come out, what, three years ago? Two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my first one. Yeah. yeah. It's like when we were talking to that one producer and he read a uh, show you did. And he was like, but the main character's white. And we we're like, yeah. He's like, but isn't Brian Black? And it's like, so did you like the script? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wait, what? Well, that was weird because when I started, 
nobody wanted black characters in anything. So I was like, I want a black lead. They go, you can't, that'll never sell in Germany yeah, or wherever. Yeah, yeah. You can't do it. It was, you know, and then all of a sudden it all shifted. And it's like, how come your characters are white? It's like, that's what you made me do for 30 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, what? yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And now it's shifted, but do you think that's still just window dressing? A lot of it is. It's a lot of it's, um, I won't say which companies. Yes. But there are companies who uh, seem to hire uh, women or people of color at the end of the process as writers um, when they've done all this other work yeah. and they bring them in at the end so that they can put that face out front for the press. Yeah. Uh-huh. But they weren't part of the genesis of it. And, no, yeah. no, no. They, you know, but True the, decision makers. Yeah, but yeah. you'll see them in the press. Yeah. You know, that's window dressing. Yeah. Yeah. So when you hit that point where you can even go to comic book shops, because mm-hmm. now it's funny because I think about like your books and they're insane. Mm-hmm. How did you keep, I, I know everybody asked, but like, so what kept you writing? Because I think about like, like, I mean, the new one you have coming out is insane. I know you can't talk about it yet, but it's bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Old Souls is insane. Mm-hmm. And you're, you've gotten such good responses from all this stuff and the work in general is nuts right how did those books happen like how did you just go like i'm not going back in there like mm-hmm. i get the joke pretty much right yeah which i think was a line you've used before it was like i get it right, right. Mm-hmm. so how did those books happen then because i guess how did you start how did you keep how did you get motivated again when you couldn't even walk in the shop which i can i mean yeah how could you uh well i didn't i i um i had basically given that up um i had one editor at a at a at a comic book publisher who was always very nice to me but always seemed to stop short of giving me any work was this before after the predator stuff you were doing this was after wow so you'd even done that yeah i'd done predator and that because that was so well received that i figured that would have opened up all sorts of oh would would you think that (laughs) i'm just saying because of the kind of people and how they felt about it yeah i i was i i I was guessing the story of the predator is what got out of this you're saying you'd done that and it was that well received and you still weren't getting work even after that and the predator work happened i'm trying to say this in the most tactful way Uh (laughs) from what i understand yeah yeah there was an editor who wasn't getting along with the other editors and on his way out the door now i had uh i had submitted this predator thing years before yeah he looked at it he liked it and there were 10 stories that i that i had submitted yeah he liked it and he's on his way out the door as a middle finger to all the other editors he's like i'll publish one of your stories so he did it as an f you yeah yeah wow yeah and then it went on to be i mean like because the people that liked it were very high up right like it was a hit yeah so he did that as an f you that's what that's what that's the rumor that's what i understand wow so those that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that him getting him leaving no it had been rejected what and he's really he goes he goes, you can do any of these you want. This is the one I like. And I go, I'll do that one then. Wow. Yeah. So, that had been rejected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, that had already happened. So, that happened. Um, when you when that came out, and I know we can't talk about specifics, but 
the people specifically there was one person that loved it who mm-hmm. was very high up yeah at a studio right and like had it framed in their office and yes. stuff like that yeah so it's like uh, i remember you were like yeah it's framed in this person's office and i'm like how did that so what how did that not do something i don't know so then you it was that what led you go like i can't even go in the comics anymore it was a couple of things. I mean, that was one of the things. Yeah. That was one of so the So, you things. finally hit it yeah. to the point where it's unquestionably like literally an executive at a studio had it framed in their office because it was their favorite Predator story. <laughs> right. Yes. And this person should know Predator pretty well. Yeah. And it was in their office. When you heard that, were you like, awesome. So, here it comes. I'm going to write a Predator movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or, I thought right? something would happen. Nothing happened. Crickets, really. Yeah. Nothing happened. Even after that. Yeah. Nothing happened. Um, Yes. Uh, yeah, that was it. And so, um, so I had sort of, I mean, I would have ideas for comics and I would pitch them. Uh, but there was always a reason. Sometimes the reasons made no sense at all that they would be rejected. And I think at this particular company, I think there was a, an unspoken policy that, you know what I mean? Certain people weren't going to work. Yeah. Um, because they had no real reason to be like, well, like I had an alien in this story and, uh, the alien was speaking English in the story and they're like, well, your alien speaks English. I'm like, have you ever read anything? <laughs> have you ever seen an episode of Star Trek? Yeah. 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 So they, they rejected it because they said the That's alien they was said. speaking yeah. English. Yeah. Well, you okay. didn't even, and I explained it in the book even, but they were like, ah, you know, you can tell when they're making it up because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and yeah. They talk he didn't circles. even invent a language for the, you're like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but how else would you know what the aliens <laughs> yeah. do? Yeah, so. It was just stuff like that over and over again. Yeah. But you were still pitching and writing and. Well, I didn't know, I don't know how to do anything. People think I know how to do stuff. I can't do anything. <laughs> um, yeah, that's know, not true, but I know what you mean. You've spent so much time perfecting story that it's like. Would that, be a waste to, I don't know, become like an executive at a, I don't know, an engineering shop or like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you've just spent so much effort in that area. But so you were still writing I, even after all those setbacks. Well, what else was I supposed to do? I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. So, so I just did it. And, and, uh, and after a while it became almost a, a challenge. Like I'm going to write the best thing I can and then let's see them reject that. Wow. Let's see them reject that. That's that Steve Martin thing. Mm-hmm. Be good enough. They can't ignore you. I remember I was, we were talking about that quote and I was like, I like that quote. And you're like, yeah, it'd be great if it was true or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It would be great if it was true. Steve Martin can say that. Yeah. Right. But you can be good and have them ignore you. Right. I mean, for yeah. some people, it sounds like it's arrogance to say that you're good at something. Mm-hmm. But you can be good at stuff, right? Like, <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, people are good at things. Yeah, people are, are good people at that things. are better at things than other people. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but the other thing is, I had all this outside confirmation, right? That I was good at it. So you would get stories like this. There's this executive at a studio that framed your comic and it's hanging in their office, and you'd be like, "That's amazing." And you're the executive like, told me. Oh, that person told you. Yeah, they sought me out and told me. That that was their they heard favorite I was at predator. this party, and they're like Brian McDonald's at this party, and they sought me out to tell me that they had it framed in their office. Wow, yeah. So that's, that's not a rumor. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, for me, if it was me, and that happened, I'd be like, well, certainly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're an executive, and yeah. you know, they no, know the brand. No, and- sad trombone. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah, 
So you're still writing. Mm-hmm. What was it that broke to the point where you're you were like, okay, I can't even walk into one of my favorite places. I don't know if it broke. I just think it happened over time. It was just like getting just, tired. Just yeah, like what you know. And it doesn't help when you read things that are bad. And as a matter of fact, yeah. I read an interview with a guy who was working in comics when I could not get any work in comics. Who who quoted me and Invisible Ink as the well? I le- I read Invisible Ink and that taught me what I needed to know to write this book that Brian can never get a job. Like yeah. that gets hard. Yeah, I mean you still do that stuff. You have your projects, but it's crazy the amount of people you work with behind the scenes, mm-hmm. helping them fix things. Then when yeah. it comes time to like dole out the real money and let you write a screenplay, yeah, you know, oh. yeah. We got well. Your alien speaks English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah. Because yeah. this is, you know, I mean, I'm known. Or now, the funny thing is, well, his main character's white. Right, right. Well, I remember I- when we were talking about that, and you're like, "What?" I- you're like, "What? What am I supposed <laughs> to happen?" Yeah. yeah, you're like, "So you didn't like the story?" No, I like the story. I'm just curious of why. And you're like, "Wow." Well, let, let's talk a second about uh, what diversity looks like. One of the things I don't like about the talk of diversity is that it always shows up as the face. Mm. So what does the face look like? Yeah. Um, So it has to be something you can show off. So it's like the lead has to be a character that is diverse. The Right? But when you look behind the scenes... That's also diversity. Yeah. Who's writing it? Who's directing right. it? Who's producing it? Who can green light yeah, these things? Yeah, who's green lighting stuff? Right? That's right. Yeah. That stuff. Yeah. And that's the stuff. So as long as we focus on casting and things like that, yeah. the problem won't get solved. Yeah. It won't get solved because it's also diversity that I am writing this thing. Sure. Regardless right? of what your main character looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And I will approach those stories from a very specific perspective. Yeah. And maybe have nuances that another writer might not have. Yeah. So I think we need to broaden how we think of diversity. Well, it's also crazy too. It'd be like, well, you can't write Superman. You're not even from Krypton. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're like, sure, but no one's from Krypton. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So in this time, you're still going and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, are you surprised? Like now you have so many things going on and all the books and the deals and stuff like that. But like, are you surprised you didn't tap? Because I am. Like, when I hear these stories mm-hmm. over the years, I'm always like, Bleh. so how did you not just go, that's it. I'm going to get a fishing boat. <laughs> I'm going to start <laughs> learn how to be a captain or whatever. Like, you know, whatever I, your backup was. I did do that. Really? Well, I, you, you think I don't know how to do things. Uh-huh. I can do this. I can, I can write things and I can direct things. Yeah. Those are my skills. Yeah. They're, they don't work everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and I can teach. Yeah. Right. And lecture on this stuff. But that, those are my skills. So, um, I didn't have other things to do. And, and at a certain point of years, I'm 20 years in, yeah. 25 years in, that's a huge investment. Yeah. And so, like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to start something else. 25 years into, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. What was I supposed to do? But I really did go through a real rough period where um, people were worried about me. I was, uh, it was a rough, rough period where I just didn't know what to do anymore. 
Um, it was a kind of death. And um, yeah, and I grieved. Um, yeah, it was hard. That was really hard. And then things started happening. So, But how'd you get through that? Because there's literally people listening to this, at least one, this would mm -hmm. make it worth it, who's there, mm -hmm. right? And going, they're waiting for you to, you're telling the door story that helped, right? Like, right. like how'd you go, okay. It was funny, you know, so what happened, this is how, uh, so I was kind of done. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what else to do. Um, I had screenplays I had written, and there would be various times to send those out to people, but I wasn't producing much new work at all. Yeah. Um, or I would take a screenplay and think, well, maybe I can try and sell this as a graphic novel. So I would do that kind Had of Had you work. won Austin at this point? Yeah, I won Austin in 2006. So you had won Austin. So the breakdown of like, I can't do this anymore was, was even after was that. after Austin, yeah. Wow, because winning that, same thing, you were like, obviously, sad trombone. Like, I mean, how can you win that and not think it was going to... Same thing. Yeah. yeah. I thought it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, I think it's number two. Yeah. I think it's like Nichols, which I think I have semifinaled in, and which is a huge deal. And then uh, Austin, which I, I won in my category. Um, uh, but that became Old Souls. That screenplay mm. became Old Souls. Yeah. But my agents at the time. Uh-huh. Okay. Trying not to swear. Uh -huh. My agents at the time um, wouldn't send that script out. Old Souls. Yeah. Even after it won Austin. Even after it won Austin. Because? They said it wasn't Hollywood enough, um, which I didn't even know what that meant, and they couldn't define it. Um, yeah. But what did they lose by sending it out? Nothing. It just won Austin. Wouldn't that help to? Yeah, you would think. Nothing. One would think, yeah. So what'd you do with that? Well, that's when it got hard, right? So then I wrote something for them that was more Hollywood. It's just because it's like no matter how hard you work and it like it's it almost feels like the goalpost can't keep any moved. So it's like, well, maybe if you could place here, you write it, you win. Well, maybe if you could, you know, impress these executives, you write it, it gets framed on the wall. Right. You, you, and you know what I mean? When I'd already won Slam Dance, <laughs> yeah. that film, right? With, yeah. with Whiteface. I'd won Slam Dance in 2001. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And sold it to HBO. Yeah. You know how many short films HBO buys? Yeah. When's the last time you saw a short film on HBO? <laughs> I've never seen a short film on HBO. That's how few they buy. They yeah. bought mine. Yeah. That you made for like $1,000. Made it for $1,000, sold it to HBO, <clears throat> shot it in, th I guess, three days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing. 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 HBO's not nothing, you yeah. know what I mean? But once it's sold to HBO, because of the contract I had with the screenwriters or Screen Actors Guild, um, all my money went to the actors. So I didn't make any money. I think I made $250 off that sale to HBO. So you wrote, directed, and sold a movie to HBO and you made $250? Yeah. And But you were probably going, if I don't know, if it was me, I'd go like, but you know what? At least I'm, you know, people are going to see this. and I didn't care who saw it. Hmm. Here's my thing. Uh, when the distributor who saw me at Slam Dance saw the film at Slam Dance said, uh, we want to distribute this movie, blah, blah, blah. Um, I didn't care. This was a, it was done as a writing directing sample. That's what it was for. Yeah, just a sample. It was a sample of what I could do. Yeah. 
Um, and it, and $1,000 at that moment in my life was- Oh, sure. Must have been, it was $20 million. Right, yeah. Um, and so um, that's all it was for. And I only cared if the right people saw it. Yeah. Like if Steven Spielberg watched yeah, it you just gave wanted me a job, to work. I just wanted to work. Yeah. HBO was not the goal. Yeah. I wanted a career, not a sale. Right. Right. What I got was a sale, not a career. Right. And then when you have this experience where you're like, yeah, I had to like mourn the loss of like who I, what would that be? Who you, who you, your intention to be? Or like, what would that, because a piece of you like died mm-hmm. is what it sounds like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what piece was that? What What was that? Oh, I think we've talked about this before on the show, but that was the little boy piece of me. Yeah. That. Just loved movies from the yeah. time I could Just remember. loved it. It's the best. Yeah. And that went away. I don't think that's ever coming back. Man. That, that, um, that little boy knew exactly what he wanted to do. And people would see me years later and they go, man, you still have that dream. And I'm like, I, I was never a dream. It yeah. was a goal. It was always a goal. It was never a dream. Well, right. what do I have to do to get there? Yep. And well, then you would do it. And then I would do it. What do I have to do? Well, that's why I had a job in film when I was 13. Yeah. But then you would, whatever they said, those things where you would do those things and it was never good enough. Right. Goalposts keep moving every still time. Still not good enough. Yeah. See any movies I made c- come out? Yeah. It's still not good enough. Uh-huh. You've seen it. I get fan yeah, mail yeah. from all over the world. Yeah. But even like the studio work and stuff you do like that, right? I know we're not, can't talk about those things, but like. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, you're writing for like the biggest things. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you could get bigger than the things you've been writing on. Mm-hmm. And it, you still don't get the like. But then what they I, cancel uh, the project or. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're not getting the respect that like, I mean, when you look at the body of work, it's crazy. And mm-hmm. then you have your publishing. Like, you then right. you have all your other book deals. Right. Like, you know, coming out too. Like, like when people see the L- Land of the Dead stuff, it's going to blow their minds. Mm-hmm. And you still owe them more books, right? Like, do, like don't no. Well, there's a book right after that. So oh, there's God. the Land of the Dead, and then there's uh, the the memoir, which I, right. I don't know if they've announced yet, but I'm talking about it anyway. Yeah. So, uh-huh. <laughs> nobody said don't talk about it. They yeah. just haven't announced it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff's coming, mm-hmm. and then you have all the studio stuff you do, and whatever, and whatever. So when you went through that moment, how did you not? I know you keep saying like I didn't have anything else to do. Or not anything else to do. I didn't have any other transferable skills or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that at some point you got back up, how'd you do that? Because like I said, like the point of this is like the other people that are right now are thinking about tapping out. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, well, like how did you get back up? A, a friend of mine who's a composer, uh, a good composer, composed our theme song. Eric? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Eric at one point. He's really great. Yeah, he yeah, is great. Yeah. At one point he was talking and he said... Uh, because I'm thinking about quitting. And I go, you're not in this business until you think about quitting. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you had told him that. Yeah. Because that's the truth. Hmm. You don't have any skin in the game until you think about quitting. Hmm. That's funny. Yeah. Because it means you've hit the wall a lot. Yeah. And it seems like, well, this is never, this is never happening. At what point, you know, because I had asked myself, I go, well, at what point is it pathetic? Hmm. Right? Is it pathetic? Really? You really felt like that? Even with all the awards and everything? Well, yeah, because I'm still trying to, you know, 
sell my screenplay. Yeah, but you I know, mean, but I didn't want to be sixty eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a number. I don't know what the number is. Yeah. Where people are like, "Oh man, give it up!" Right? I'm fifty six. Really, now. you don't feel like with everything? No. Hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I can't take it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't take it. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And every victory is a double-edged sword. What do you mean by that? Well, hey, I won this award. I will have a career now. No. Yeah. Oh, I sold the movie to HBO. I'll have a career now. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm writing a movie for this studio. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a career now. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and even the... I can't talk about the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. But, but I'm just saying... Yeah. I mean, you get as far as you can go, but it's there's always something. Right? There's always something. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, doesn't matter how good the work is, too, which is funny to me. Not funny, I know that's, but you know what I'm saying. Like the, yeah. the fact that Invisible Ink took six years is like because I mean, literally, I see the emails and stuff you get from people all over the world, like it, and and mm-hmm. and the kind of people I know that give it to everybody and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The fact that that would have sat on your computer, yeah forever if you didn't run into that person yeah here's what it makes me think of this is why i think um diversity is good for everybody when we leave people out it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be film or storytelling yeah be any yeah anything when we're not utilizing all our people we don't know what we're missing we don't know if we would have an amazing cancer treatment because a kid goes to a school that, yep. you know, where- Yeah, the computer lab's awful. and Yeah, yep. right? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Maybe there was a genius there. Yep. We'll never know. Right. Right? Um, or whatever the thing is, whatever, you know, so so we don't know. I mean, if you had to have surgery, wouldn't you want the best surgeon? Yep. Do you know if you have that? You don't. Yeah, that's right. You don't. You know, from the pool of surgeons who people who are able to become surgeons. Yeah. Yep. Right. So all I know is that if you're leaving people out, yeah, you're also leaving. You're also. I have a friend who's a. He's an illustrator, and he worked on a big video game, designing a bunch of stuff. To, it was a very popular video game, and he designed a character. And I don't play video games really. I mean, I have my Oculus, but yeah. I just like being in my Oculus. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh-huh. uh, and um, so it was a big, big popular video game. And he was explaining to me this character he designed. And he goes, well, it's kind of like saying I designed Luke Skywalker. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I translated yeah. it into. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think that I don't think other than Mario, I don't think there's a bigger character than the one your friend designed. Okay. That just for the people that are into video games. Yeah. Other than Mario, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So they were making a movie from this game. Yeah. This friend of mine wants to be a movie guy. He kind of like wants to be a James Cameron kind of movie yeah, guy yeah. and design stuff. And, you know. And he designed the character. He designed the character and a lot of stuff. Tons yeah. of. But when they were bringing on people from the game to work on the movie, they left him out. Okay. What does your friend look like? Well, that's what I was yeah. like. I, you know, a version of me. Right. Right. So the person that designed most of the world and this main character and all that stuff, he got left out of the movie? Yeah, they left him out of the movie and he kept asking to be in on it. He'd been studying story. I met him because he took my class. So he'd been studying story and stuff. 
And uh, he, uh, they wouldn't let him do it. And they kept coming up with excuses, kind of like I said about, yeah. like, your character speaks English. Like, it was like yeah. this circular logic. that are aliens, not from Earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> yeah. circular logic uh-huh. that doesn't make sense. Um, and they wouldn't let him do it. And they let other people who did less work on it, work on it. Hmm. And he said, you know, if they let black people do things, we'd probably have colonies on Mars by now. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, just let me do my job. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I knew his work, but I didn't know that the movie thing. Yeah. People kind of don't know that happens. Yeah. But it happens Well, how would you? Yeah. Because you never get a chance. Yeah. But you know what I mean? People think, well, because there are certain things, comic books for one thing. I thought comic books, I didn't expect comic books to be, you know, this den of racism. Yeah, no kidding. And sexism. Honestly, I, I didn't know anything about it until you started explaining that because I love comic books. Yeah. And, and then when you were saying things, just like, just look up the name of the writer. And it was like, you got to be kidding me. Wait a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. I told you what I used to do whenever a movie was announced. Big movie. I would look up the writer. Oh, really? They're making that movie? Let's see what the writer looks like. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who's the showrunner of all these shows? Oh, who's the like you? Uh huh. It the, the pattern is clear. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> the pattern is clear. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So you had told that to Eric, mm-hmm. and Eric didn't quit, which is awesome because he he's a not great quit, yeah. composer. Yeah. And. So when you hit that, did Eric say that to you, or what, did you your own word like haunt you? Like, I didn't know how to quit. Uh huh. I, I I sort of wanted to quit. I didn't know how to quit. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. If I don't do this. Yeah. I. This is as much a part of who I am as what I do. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So the question isn't what what will I do. The question was who am I? Right. Sure. Right. What'd you find out? Well, there were some good things that came out of it. The good things that came out of it were, I have a perfectly fine career. Yeah. It's not the career that I set out to have. Yeah. And I also am very lucky in that, um, in the people I've been able to influence and teach. Sure. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And and when I when I look at that, I go, well, if I die tomorrow... That's not a waste of my time. No, it's crazy. It's like there's insane people. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and they, you were so helpful. Like literally, the the kind of people we're talking about are like, man, if it wasn't for Brian, there's no way we would have blah 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 blah. Like yeah. like the drawings and stuff that you you have at your house that yeah. were as thank yous and stuff are crazy. Mm-hmm. And so that's got to be a good feeling. Like it, you genuinely helped a ton of people get there. It's a great feeling. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Um, and so I had to learn that that's a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a thing. And I get to do that. Yeah. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing, no shame in that. Yeah. It did not take away the, my goal. Right. But it, it, what it taught me to do was embrace what I had. Hmm. Instead of focusing on what I didn't have. Yeah. Right. Because my focus is on what I didn't have. I didn't get this opportunity. I didn't get this shot. I didn't get this chance. So can you give me an example of what you mean by embrace what you have? Was well, it like, well, I'm friends with one of the greatest playwrights of all time. Yeah, things like that. that. Got it, yeah. Yeah. August Wilson thinks I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not He's using my book to help yeah. him write his last yeah. play. He knew he was yeah. dying. There's a statue yeah. downtown dedicated to him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. Pretty good. He has his own theater on Broadway, you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. Yeah, he's not small. Also, it's cool too because you were friends. Mm-hmm. Like he, 
what it was it was more than just work too which is right. also really cool because like all the people you always talk about you have a special relationship with people it's not just like you know That's a true. nine to five thing you have these really cool relationships mm-hmm. um they trust you and you trust them like it's really awesome you're friends you become friends with them yeah i'm very very lucky that it's really cool see and that's the other thing you know what i mean yeah that i get to be friends with people you know i've been writing uh we she's going to be on masters of the craft this uh uh writer treva silverman who was an original mary tyler moore show right right so we we taped her show a while ago but uh hopefully it'll it'll be up soon but uh you know she's a huge influence because i was watching the mary tyler moore show since it first aired when i was five right uh and um um, she has been unbelievable. Like I really consider her a friend now. Like when she, I just wrote her today. She wrote me, and she's amazing. She's amazing, and to have she's such a unbelievably sweet human being and a off the charts writer. Yeah, you know, really just um, one of the most amazing writers. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool. Wrote some of the best episodes of one of the best shows ever of all time, and is the first woman to win an Emmy all by herself. Without really? having a, without having a male partner, yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's not a joke. Yeah, she's not a joke, but couldn't be a sweeter human being. Just down to earth, cool human being who I did not know before. Uh, a little bit before the interview because it took a while to yeah. arrange it. Um, but there was a there's a real now when I see her name on a rerun of the Mary Tyler Moore Show or when I pop them on and watch them. Um, there is a a different warm and fuzzy feeling when I see yeah, her name because cool. I'm friends with her now. Um, because you said you recognized her name from when you were little. Like mm-hmm. you would notice that show was great, but yeah. then you'd be like, oh, she wrote it. Yeah. But that's cool because now you're peers. Yeah. 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 She, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. So I'm, that's the kind of thing I'm, I, I couldn't be luckier. Yeah. Than to have friends like that. Yeah. You know? It's awesome. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's great. And so that's an example of this is what I have, not what I don't have. Yeah. You know, and like even just being, you know, I talk about Glenn Keane all the time on the show, but just even knowing Glenn yeah. has been an amazing thing. He's such a, he, first of all, just an unbelievably uh, cool, sweet human being. Uh, but the way he thinks is really interesting. It's really yeah. interesting to be around somebody who thinks the way he thinks. Yeah. Um, which is just helpful for my growth. As oh, a, sure. As yeah. Artist, you, you, know? you get to learn from all these masters too, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Which is why the show exists. Yeah, right. totally. Yeah. Um, or being able to talk to Frank Oz or yeah. being able to talk to, like, you know, that's not nothing. No, it's awesome. So so I had to learn how to embrace that stuff instead of going, how come that guy's directing a movie and I'm not, you know? It still right. bothers me. Sure. But it's not the same. How yeah. come that person's getting to write this movie and I'm not? Right. So I love this because it started as like a con- literally the funny thing. This is not at all the show that we were trying to talk about. No, um, no. <laughs> but it started with the wisdom coming from pain. And what I'm hearing you say is like, it's like focus on what you have and not what you don't have. Mm-hmm. There, as an armature, yeah, right. It's like because when you focus on what you have, it's almost like saying like, well, I have this audience. You know, I wish it was bigger. It's like, yeah, but people want to know your thing, right? Like, yeah, because all those things we talked about happened. Mm-hmm. You did write those things. They did get you right. know to those places. Like all of those things happened, mm-hmm. right? And it's crazy because. There are things that I'm sure a lot of people are listening to. They'd be like, "Man, if I just had one of those, right?" Yes. And, and and so it's a it's a good thing. So if somebody's sitting there right now and they're going like, "I don't know if I can do this anymore," and hopefully this is a well timed episode for them. It's like maybe step one is 
Think about what you have, not what you don't have. Mm-hmm. It helped me. That's cool. To, to figure that out and to realize I had things and that I, you know, um, and I knew that I had them, but like I said, that was, it was a double-edged sword and I focused on one end of that sword, which was, yeah. if I sold my movie to HBO, how come I can't get anything? Yeah. If I do this, if I win that Which contest, is totally understandable. Can, yeah. But it's, what's beautiful on the other side is I don't know anybody that has better relationships than you. Hmm. And, you know, a friend of ours always says all of his wealth is in his, his relationships. And it's like, the cool thing is like, not only would you do all these things with your success, but like, man, like everywhere we go, you know, every, like everybody, <laughs> everybody at the grocery stores or whatever, like, you know, everybody and you have really good relationships. So it's like, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's cool to look at it from that perspective. It helps. It helps. It's helpful for me, at least as even as like as a listener of like, well, what do we have? It's like, oh, man. I have to work with all my friends. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a good one and I'm sure it will help someone. So thanks for so. talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking me. I yeah. hope it does help somebody. It certainly wasn't what we started off to talk no, about. No, it isn't. So <laughs> there you go on this week's episode. Focus on what you have, not what you don't have. It's awesome. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for watching You Are a Storyteller, part of the CoLoop Podcast Network. If you have any questions or if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, leave a comment below or email us at hello at beliefagency.com.